am so happy this morning. Like I said, I spent all day yesterday getting a sermon ready. And um, boy, it was tough. I'm telling you, it was tough. And it come to find out, I need, I just needed to study on it for a while, you know. So, cause the, then about one o'clock this morning, I still praying, you know, trying to seek the Lord about exactly what I needed to do this morning. And he got, let me share with you guys something this morning that has been on my heart 20 years probably. And I've studied it for years and years and years and years. And it's something that I really, 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 really think is important. Probably one of the most important things. And, um, Karen's over there thinking she's going to teach you on marriage this morning, but it's not. Um, see, she is. Yeah, no. Uh, it's something else that I couldn't live without any day from the time I wake up in the morning till the time I go to bed at night. And uh, I think it'll bless you guys um, to hear some of the things that I study on on a regular basis. We, are y'all interested in that? Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear it because you get to hear it anyway. So now I can, I can always do the other one, but I don't think you'll like it as well. Um, so uh, anyway, the title of my sermon this morning is Get Wisdom. Wisdom. That is a subject that I have studied on for years and years and years and years. And I don't know how I would go through my day without wisdom. I don't know how I could do anything without wisdom. Because um, let's just read the scriptures on it and then we'll go from there. Turn to Proverbs 4 in the King James, guys. And if you don't have a Bible in here with you this morning, we sure like for you to look at the scripture, make sure I'm telling it right, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. So if you would raise your hand and our ushers have Bibles in their hands, they'll loan to you. You can use one of ours and um, get the word in you. They'll put it up on the screen too, but uh, it's good just to see it for yourself. Proverbs 4, verse 5. It says, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, and she'll preserve you, love her, and she'll keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding, exalt her, and she will promote you, she'll bring you into honor when you embrace her. She'll give your, thine head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Now let's read it from the Amplified. I want you all to get this in your heart this morning, how important it is. Get skillful and godly wisdom. Get understanding, discernment, comprehension, interpretation. Do not forget and do not turn back from the words of my mouth. Forsake not wisdom and she will keep you. Defend you, protect you, love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom, skillful and godly wisdom, for skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you've gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Prize wisdom and exalt her, and she will exalt and promote you. She will bring to you honor. When you embrace her, she'll give you your head a wreath of gracefulness and a crown of beauty and glory will she deliver to you. Now, I like the Living Bible also. I don't know if we have that back there or not, but listen to it carefully. It says, learn to be wise. Develop good judgment and common sense. I can't overemphasize this point. Cling to wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom 
is the most important thing that you can do. And with your wisdom, develop common sense and good judgment. If you exalt wisdom, she will exalt you. Hold her fast and she will lead you to great honor. She will place a beautiful crown upon your head. My son, listen to me and do as I say. And you will have long, good life. Isn't that a good? Now, I don't know of any other place in the Bible where it says it's the principal thing. It's so important. The principal thing. Let me tell you what the definition kind of of wisdom is. Wisdom, I think everybody understands what wisdom is just in the general sense of it. But it's understanding what is true and right. There's a difference between just being true and then going ahead and adding right to it. True and right. When When people are walking in wisdom, they consider... The end result of things. You can tell when somebody's immature. People don't like to hear it, but you can tell when somebody's immature. Because they do not consider the end result of something. They may be saved, but they don't consider the end result of something. Take, for instance, Matthew. Um, The wise man built his house on what? The rock. He thought about it. And he says, look, this, this is the smart thing to do. He said, I'm going to build my house on the rock, so when the floods come, it's not going to destroy my house. So he, t- he thought, well, you could build a house anywhere, but why not build it on the rock to where it's going to stand for a long time? So he thought the situation out, and he built his house on the rock. What about the ten virgins? Were, was there any wisdom there? Five of them had wisdom, and five of them were what? Foolish. What made the difference there with them? The five wise virgins thought about the end result. They didn't just go half cocked and say, okay, we're ready to go and just just go. They thought about, well, what if he doesn't come right away? And what if we have to wait for a long time? And what if we have to stand for a little bit? So they took extra oil. So they were wise. They considered the end result. I used that verse. Keith, Keith says, Phyllis, that is not scripture. Miss Gloria loves it as much as I do. I told her about it. Y'all will like it, especially the ladies will like this. You know, we fly all the time. And uh, in the little 421, the twin engine plane, we always had to weigh everything to the nth degree. I mean, we had to put it on the scale. We had to get the, the airplane weigh thing out because, you know, People don't understand, but you take off on this little point lookout runway out here and uh, you've got too much stuff and it's happened too many times that you want to tell about. They get them too heavy and they go right off the end of that cliff and um, people die. So Keith is a stickler for knowing exactly what everything weighs. So I've gotten so good he laughs at me now because the last time we got ready to go, we packed a bunch of stuff and we had some people going with us and we packed a bunch of stuff and he said, okay, we got to weigh it all. I said, I can tell you what every one of them weighs. And he just looked at me. I said, don't weigh it. I can tell you what they weigh. I've been doing it for 20 years now. And I can tell you what a bag weighs now by picking it up. I was within two pounds of 200 pounds with about 12 different bags on the whole thing. So I have learned how to do that. But... The thing that I found about the five virgins, the five wise and the five foolish, the five wise virgins, what did they do? They took extra in case they needed it. Somebody got that. 
That's what women do, you know. I said, Keith, I have scripture for it. Don't tell me I can't take it. I have scripture for it. You said, where's the scripture? So here's the scripture. Okay. I'm taking the might needs. I might need that outfit or I might need those shoes. So I have to take those, right? Yeah. You ladies say, yeah, 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 yeah. I might need that. So there's your scripture where Jesus Phyllis that does not apply to that. But Miss Gloria thinks it does too. So, you know, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's vote. Yeah. All the ladies said, yes, it applies. Okay. All the men did not raise their hand if you noticed it's it is funny but you know you go for one night and it seems like you take enough luggage to last six months you know but you, you might need it you know so but these wise virgins they considered that they considered that they might need it today in society you can like i said you can tell if people are wise or foolish We've had, just no longer than we've been a church around here, it doesn't take very long for you to place somebody spiritually a lot of times. People don't like to hear it, but you can. You can place them almost instantly. Like, for instance, if we hear somebody got mad at work and chewed out somebody and quit their job, you know immediately they're very young, very immature, and very unwise. And the Bible calls the unwise foolish. Because... If a person was wise, and they've got a wife and two kids, three kids at home, and they get, you know, upset and they get furious at work, what will they do? What will they do? Everybody's mumbling it. They'll be wise and they'll think, now, I can blow my top here today and spill my guts to these people and tell them just what I think about this job and uh, lose my job and jobs are hard to come by right now you know uh, but you know I can say give them a piece of my mind and and I don't have to put up with this doggone it I don't I'm not going to put up with this I'm a human being too and I'm just not going to put up with this anymore and tell everybody that and leave their job and then have to come to the church and ask for food or ask for their light bill or ask for gas well that's not a wise person It's not a wise person. It doesn't matter how you feel. People, people get these feeling things above everything in their life. Their feelings come before the whole rest of the life. If you feel like you're upset, then you act like you're upset. If you feel like you don't want to do this, well, you don't do it. But that's foolish. There's no wisdom at all in that. Say, for instance, a married couple. Okay. Say, for instance, you took too much on this trip and he had to haul too much to the airplane and he got upset, which Keith doesn't do because he doesn't have to haul it. So don't think that about him. OK, um, he has Steve do it. So. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's a fact. So um, Kate packs it. Steve takes it to the airplane. So we've got we've got the best. So uh, God has disgraced us. So. Um, um, but anyway, say you did take too much and your husband got mad, you know, and you can't even close the trunk for all the stuff you brought with you or something like that. What would the wise woman do? (laughs) Lighten the load. What is it worth? You're going on vacation and you take so much stuff that you have a big battle over it and you get in the car and you're ready to go on vacation, but there's tension there. And it's just not any fun. Is it worth that extra outfit that you took? But the wise person will think about the end result of something before they just do it. Take, for instance, the person that does drugs. 
they, the feel. There we are again, the feel of things. They want to forget about what's going on in their life. But what they don't realize is as soon as they come off those drugs, it's going to still be there. But there's other ways of fixing it than that. They, they um, take drugs and they mess up their minds. They mess up their bodies and stuff like that. But they don't think that. All they think about is here and now. I want it. I want it bad. My body wants it bad. My flesh wants it bad. They don't think about using a bad needle and dying from some disease. They don't think about um, the people that they're going to lose, their family, their money, their jobs, their kids, their, you know, everything else. They don't think about the end result of the situation. They just think about the here and the now. That's what's important to them. So if you're going to pray for them, pray that the Lord would enlighten their eyes, that they would see the truth in that situation and see the end result of that situation. Like, for instance, Keith tells this all the time. He, see, like you see the, the man on the billboard, you know, and he's Mr. Uh, Macho uh, Man, and he's all cool, and, you know, and the studly man, and he's got two women on this side and two women on this side, and he's got a drink in this hand, a cigarette in this hand, and he is cool, dude, right? Well, that's what they want you to think. But that's not thinking about the end result. That's not thinking about tomorrow morning when you wake up, you could have AIDS or you could have some other disease. That's not thinking about what it's going to do to your family life. That's not thinking about what it's going to do if you're married, how it's going to ruin your whole life. It's only thinking about what that flesh wants here and now. Everybody that's ever had an affair, ever, or ever thought about having an affair, does not you ask them i've dealt with them a lot and i say well what were you thinking when you did that i wasn't thinking i just wanted to do it weren't you i mean and a lot of times people have it with their best friend's spouse or their best friend's this or and they don't think about the hurt that it's going to cause with that person they don't think about the torment that's going to go on in their life after that the fellowship that they lose the friendships that they lose the the job that they lose the the respect that they lose all they think about is i want this now well that's foolish never thinking about the end result in a thing they only think about here and now so the next time that you get mad and you're going to give somebody a piece of your mind or something like that you might want to stop and think about the end result say for instance a leader in a situation and somebody really really messes up i mean they just really really mess up they just blow it and they mess up a wise leader won't just go in railing and sailing and saying you're fired get out of here just go don't want to ever see your face again? A wise leader will take the time to see what God wants them to do in that situation and salvage that person's life more than just your feelings, you're upset about the situation. Wise people think about the end result. They think about what's going to happen if I do this. Foolish people are like the virgins. They are just in it for the here. They're in it for the now. Uh, or the man that built his house upon the sand. He just wanted a house. He didn't think about tomorrow when the rain came. He just wanted it here and now. When I think about wisdom, I think about one person in particular. And I bet most of you can tell me who it is. Solomon. Yes, some of you got it. Solomon. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles. 
I've got cheat sheets so I don't have to turn. Don't you like my sparkles? Okay. My mother laughs loud enough for everybody here. I get it honest. Second Chronicles 1, verse 7. I just love this. It's one of my favorite, you know, people have different stories. I know Karen's is um, um, Joseph, yeah, and she just loves Joseph. But this is like one of my very favorite stories in the Bible, you know. I just think it's just so wonderful. Um, It says in verse 7, In that night God did God appear unto Solomon, and he said unto him, Ask what I shall give you. Now, if God appeared to you today, now be honest, don't just say it because you know what we're talking about. If God appeared to you today and he said, if I could do anything for you, what would you have me do? Some people would say, fix my marriage. Some people would say, help me lose weight. Some people would say, give me money. Some people would say, give me kids. Some people would say, all sorts of different things, right? But how many in here would have really actually asked for wisdom? Y'all know the answers already, though. <laughs> uh, because um, most people don't even realize the significance of wisdom. But listen to what, what Solomon said. Verse 8. And Solomon said to God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David, my father, be established. For thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Lots of people he's king over. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? Now listen to the next verse. Mark it in your Bible, circle it, star it, and if you can't write in your Bibles, shame on you. (laughs) Verse 11, And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou did not ask for riches and wealth and honor, nor the life of thine enemies, nor hast thou asked for long life, but has asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that thou may judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee. And, and, I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have ever had before thee, neither shall there any after thee in the like. Wisdom. You know what? Turn with me real quickly as we're, and then we'll come back to that. To Proverbs 16, verse 6. Don't lose your place there because we'll come back to that. Proverbs 16, verse 16. How much better it is to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than, than to be chosen, than chosen silver. Now, why would that be better? 
Y'all are sharp and quick in here this morning. Because if you have wisdom, you can get all the gold and silver. Now Solomon was not a dumb man to ask for wisdom. That I think in in our life, I guess for uh, I'm trying to think here. Um, oh, the last 27 years probably, I have had people working under me for probably 27 years. I've managed doctors' offices and I've just done all sorts of things. And I've had people working under me. And if you don't think you need wisdom when you've got people that you're dealing with, then you need to go to bed and wake up again. Yeah. Because um, there are situations that you just shake your head and think, what? Where did that come from? And you don't have a clue to do it. Now, in my matu- immaturity 27 years ago, I probably would have, uh, no, not would have, probably did fire a lot of people I shouldn't have fired. Y'all are quiet. Because I did what my flesh wanted me to do. Because I yielded to my flesh and I didn't think about the end result. The most important thing in situations, as you all have heard us say around here, is not the money. It's not the car that somebody might wreck. It's not the china that somebody might break. It's not the, the stuff that somebody might steal. It's not the, the uh, affair that they might have had. What is the most important thing? The person. And I have come to find out, uh, don't ask me why, but I have come to find out God loves to send me people that um, are challenges sometimes. <laughs> I'm turning my back to my staff. They've all grown up now. They've been with us for years and years and years. But um, uh, it, it has just been fun sometimes. You think, where did they get that from? You know, and, and what happened with that? You know, and it's like you would just in your natural tendencies in mind just want to say, I've had it with them. Just go, just go. But you think about in your maturity, you think about the end result. Number one, if God told them to be there with you, he knew how they were. Now, either you missed it by hiring them. Do you get that? And you need to take responsibility for that. Or they're supposed to be there. And if they're supposed to be there, they're more important than anything that they do. Now, I'm saying this in front of my staff. People are more important. All of the staff that we have has been with us for years and years and years. We've got some new ones that we keep adding on. But the staff that we started with, the first two employees that we have, we still have today. Now, it ain't because they didn't make mistakes. And it ain't because I didn't chew on them and mess up. And they forgive me. It's because we grew. All of us. And we began to look at the end result of a thing instead of just what's going on that day. A person with wisdom, if they get upset with a situation, they will not. Now, it took me some time to learn this because you know I'm a pretty fast person and I do things a lot of times speedily and quickly. Right? No. Never even talk fast. Say, um, my little sister calls the other day and she, she's watched us on the Internet and stuff and she's never really been able to see me teach or anything like that. And so... Um, 
she called and, and only her would get by with something like this. She says, you did great. You did great. Just slow down, she said. You just talk too fast. I can't hear half of what you're saying. But I can't do that. But anyway, the person, when a person messes up, the natural tendency is to get to that person as quickly as you can and straighten out that situation before anything else goes on. But the wise man or woman will stop in their tracks. You as a parent, this applies to you so, 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 so much. Your child messes up. They mess up big time. Say they're a teenager and they slept with somebody. Say they're a teenager and they did drugs. And they messed up bad. You as a natural parent, your tendency would be to grab that child by the hair of their head, jerk them out of there, lock them in their room, not feed them, not give them anything, and just beat them till they're black and blue or whatever. That would be your natural tendency if they were doing one of those things and you found out about it, right? Well, if it wouldn't be your natural tendency, something's wrong with you. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Well, you know, God chastens those that he loves. If your parents love you, they will chasten you. I mean, our employees have learned that through trial and error. They know. I mean, I may correct them. I may straighten them out. But they know I love them. They know I would do anything under the sun for them. They know I'd give to them my money. I'd give them my stuff. I'd do, I'd go pick them up. I'd do whatever they needed to have done. I'd make sure that they got taken care of, whatever the situation is. I tell them sometimes, I said, make sure they have insurance because if they don't, I know who it's going to fall back on. Because I can't stand it, you know, for somebody, one of our, it's like your kids, you know, they're, they're like our kids. And, and so if they mess up, just like your kids, the natural tendency is to blow your top with them. Don't think about the end result of the situation. Now, say a child did go out and sleep with somebody. Say a child did go out and do drugs. There's more to that situation than just that day that they did that. This has been coming on because of lack of discipline for a long time. You don't, you don't train a child in a week. You don't train a staff member in a week. We were kidding the other day. Kate loves me. She's been with me. Long as they've had Ramsey, we were figuring it out the other day. It's taken 12 years to get her half trained. No, trained. Brother Hagen used to say, somebody used to ask him, you know, what you do if, you know, uh, you ever want somebody else, if mom goes or something like that. He said, oh, no, 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 no. It takes too long to train them. I don't want to fool with it, you know. And uh, that's the way it is when you get good staff and you get good people that you love them, they love you. Well, that's the way it is with your kids. It takes years of doing that and you can undo what God's doing in their life by one dumb move over a night time. Because if you react in the wrong way, that's not a God way, how do you react to a situation like that? How do you? You go to God for wisdom. That's the only way. The only way. Because there's so many factors that are involved in a situation like that. Yes, they did mess up. But why did they mess up? Keith tells me often, Phyllis, there's a big difference between rebellion and confusion. You deal with rebellion totally different than you do confusion or misunderstanding. Now, if you wanna if you wanna rile me a little bit, then um, yield to the devil and be dishonest about the situation. I'd rather you'd mess up and, like he says, you know, 
um, wreck my car and burn my house down, run over my dog. No, I wouldn't care for any of those things happening. But I'd rather you do that and tell me about it than stand there and lie to me about it. Then we've got something that we can deal with. Wisdom in you, then, at that point in time, looks at the end result of your lies. If you tell a lie, lies always come out. Nothing, there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. Nothing. So wisdom will look at the situation and it will say, if I lie now, then that's going to be a chain reaction for another lie, and then it's going to be a chain reaction for another lie, and then it's going to be a chain reaction for... And you're never going to get out of those lies. But humility and wisdom will say, I lied, I messed up, I stretched it. You know, in my life, Dave was talking about when he got colds and stuff like that. In my life... My mother and daddy can tell you I am never sick. Mother, I, I don't know when I've had a cold. Daddy picks on me all the time about you didn't take your flu shot. I say, yeah, I took my flu shot, you know. Uh, and uh, But uh, I never, ever, ever, never get sick. And uh, if I see a symptom coming on me, like Dave was talking about, a stuffy nose or a cold or something like that, the very first thing that I do is I look at two areas most of the time. And I'm not saying God puts sickness on you, but I am saying you open the door to the devil to let the sickness in. And I will immediately look at two areas in my life. I will look at, did I get in pride about something? Was I show and tell about something? Immediately, that's the very first thing I do. Did I get in show and tell about something? Or did I talk about somebody? And nine times out of ten... You look at it and, you, and you, you face your own self. The Bible says if you judge yourself, you'll not be judged. And I face up to it and I say, you know what? I wouldn't have said that if they were standing right there next to me. I might not have said that if they were standing there next to me. And I repent immediately. And by the next morning, I don't have any symptoms. But that's wisdom. Wisdom will look at the situation and it will say, if I talk about that person, what is it going to do to me? What is it going to do to me? Wisdom will say, if I talk about Dave, Dave, you're so rude, you're so ugly, you're so mean, how could you be so stupid? You know, and I'm telling Jan, he's got to be one of the stupidest people I've ever met. You know, how stupid can he be? And, and I'm talking to her about him. Then I'll go home and you've opened the door for symptoms. I didn't think about the end result of that. I just thought about, I want to talk about him right now. Wisdom will think about what will happen if I talk about Dave to Jan. It will say, okay, number one, Dave's faithful to me. Maybe he did miss it on this. Maybe he didn't use good judgment on that. But uh, he'll do better next time. Wisdom will say, if I talk about Dave to Jan and he overhears me, he might not want to be so faithful next time. He might not want to do what I need him to do next time. Wisdom will say, if I talk about him, he's liable to talk about me. Because you sow it, you're going to reap it. And wisdom will say, do I want to open my body up to that? Do I want to open my body and my mind up to condemnation and and sickness and sin? Because I talked about him behind his back. Wisdom will think about a situation before it does it. So many people 
myself especially included. Man, when we first got into the Word, I think I got in trouble more for talking, and you can't imagine that, for talking too much than anything I'd ever done. It was... you. I want to say three things at one time. You have it in your spirit, but you got to line it out. Um, talking too much... In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. A wise person will watch every word that they say out of their mouth. Most of the time, when people are with other people, they're not talking about the Lord and they're not talking about anything good. They're talking about their boss or they're talking about their friend or they're talking about this or they're talking about that. All things that they shouldn't be talking about most of the time. But the mature, wise person will stop and say, how am I going to feel? You know how you feel. Don't sit there looking at me like that. You know how you feel when you go to dinner with somebody and you sit there and you talk about somebody and you walk out the door and you feel so condemned, you just kind of pull back and withdraw into yourself just a little bit. You know how you feel. And that's not God. So wisdom thinks about that before you do that. It thinks about the end result of that before you do that. Look at Solomon. Let's look at him some more. I like it. Here's my favorite story. 1 Kings 3. Verse 16. Then there came two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. Now, these two women came to King Solomon. And one of the women said, Oh, my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after that I was delivered that this woman was delivered also. So you get the picture. These two women lived together. One had a baby. A couple of days later, another one had a baby. Okay? Okay. And it came to pass on the third day that I was delivered, that this woman was delivered also. And we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she had overlaid it or because she laid on it. She squished it. She smothered it. Got the picture. And at midnight she arose and took my son from beside me while thy handmaid slept and laid it at her bosom. And laid her dead child at my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay, but the living son is my son, and the dead son is your son. And this said... uh, Wait a minute, I lost my place here. And and then said, no, uh, the dead son is yours, the living son is mine. And thus they spoke before the king. Then said the king, one said, this is my my son that lives and thy son that is dead. And the other says um, that your son is alive and my son is dead. And so the king said, bring me a sword. Got the picture. Okay. Bring me a sword. So what's this going to happen? And they brought the sword to the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. Pretty severe, huh? 
Okay? Verse 26. Then spoke the woman whose the living child was unto the king. For her bowels yearned upon her. Um her son, and she said, Oh my Lord, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine or thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child and in no wise hurt it. She is the mother thereof. And all of Israel heard the judgment which the king had judged and they feared the king and they saw the wisdom of God that was in him to do judgment. Now, isn't that a good story? I mean, wisdom as leaders, theres it's the most valuable, most precious thing that you have. Because in situations, a situation can look exactly the same. I mean, it can be, I mean, if somebody walks up, they can tell you the exact same situation. But you don't know what's behind that situation. And, and I hate to say it, but nobody ever tells you the whole story. They only tell you the part that doesn't make them look so bad. So, I mean, it's just, it has to be God. It has to be human nature to um, protect yourself. You know, it's the natural tendencies about this carnal flesh to protect yourself. So wisdom, the, the leader having the wisdom can bring out things that can divide the soul and the spirit. And that's what happened in this situation. Because the lady that was so carnal, she didn't care if the baby got divided. It wasn't hers to begin with. Hers was already dead. So, you know, uh, people want the same thing happened to them that happened to you. So, you know, let hers be dead too. So the king said, no, that's her baby. Now, what else could have helped him to do that besides wisdom? He didn't have the Holy Ghost. This is the Old Testament. We at least have the Holy Ghost today. That can lead us in a direction. Wisdom will help you lead. Wisdom will give you answers that you need. Wisdom is the leader. It is the principal thing. Every day when you get up, you should seek wisdom. Wisdom does something else. Look at 1 Kings 5.12. And the Lord gave to Solomon wisdom as he had promised him. Now look at the next part. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And they too made a league together. Wisdom sees the end result. Wisdom will pursue peace instead of your kingdom being destroyed. You may not have as much as what you want in the situation, but wisdom will look at it and say, now if we go to war, I won't have anything. Wisdom will keep peace at all costs because wisdom will think about the end result. It will think about your sickness. It will think about uh, your worrying. It will think about ulcers. It will think about all these other things that peace and strife cause in your life. Wisdom will seek peace out. It will seek out peace at whatever cost because it knows what will happen in your mind and your thought life if you don't have peace. Anybody in here, don't raise your hand, ever had trouble in your house? You know I have. I've talked about it. Strife. No peace. 
There's nothing more valuable and precious than peace. Because when you have peace, then God can talk to you. If you're in strife and you're in bitterness and you're in division and stuff, it consumes your mind. Have you ever seen someone get consumed with taking someone to court? Have you ever seen that? It's like it consumes their whole life. It consumes their finances. It consumes every part of their being. You see them get sick. You see them get go down. They're going to get their way at all cost. But the wise person will think, you know what? I am going to lose $50,000 over this. $50,000 is a lot of money. But is it worth my health? Is it worth my marriage? Is it worth my kids? Wisdom will seek out the end result. It will seek peace. I mean, today's society is so so happy that it's a scary thing almost because, you know, everybody's ready to sue everybody for everything. I won't ever forget that restaurant that the woman went and got a cup of coffee and spilled it on herself and sued the restaurant. How dumb can you get? I like hot coffee. Now they don't serve hot coffee because the woman's got burned with it. You know, dumb. You know, but we seek peace at all costs. I mean, so many times in situations... Just not long ago, I was dealing with somebody, and uh, two people were kind of at odds with each other because they didn't like the way something had gone. And uh, I said, um, you go and apologize to them and take responsibility for that. And they just kind of looked at me. Well, why would I want to do that? I didn't do anything wrong. Because wisdom seeks peace. So what if you say, you know what, I'm sorry. You don't have to say I messed up. You don't have to say it's all my fault. But you can say, you know what, I'm sorry. I didn't handle that just right. And you know what, most likely you didn't handle it just right. But I like my blessings too much. I like my prosperity too much. I like having peace in my house with my husband too much to let strife in. Peace is too important. Peace is very, very valuable in your life because it will keep the strife that you cause causes you condemnation. Therefore, you cannot come to the throne boldly. You can't stand when something attacks you. Uh, There's so many different reasons. But people are going to get their $50,000 back at all cost. Seek peace. Say, you know what? I could have handled it better. I could have done differently. I remember one time Keith tells the story about this. When he preaches, he was ministering in a service and um, it wasn't his service. Someone else was over the service and called him out to do something in the service and um, told him to do exactly what he had on his heart. Well, he said some things and uh, some people got upset about it. And most of the time, the people that get upset like that are the ones that needed to hear it the most. Most of the time. So these people wrote him a letter and Prominent people wrote him a letter and said, "Um, we didn't appreciate that. You were out of your place doing that. Well, number one, he wasn't out of his place because the leader called on him to do that and knew what he had on his heart already. And he did it. And um, he said that the Lord dealt with him. I mean, it was was not a nice letter. And um, he he prayed about it for a while. I remember it's been 15 years ago. I remember the situation very clearly. And I mean, it could have been a stink beyond all stinks if he hadn't have done what he did. Because what could have happened is 
He got that letter. He could have gone to the person that told him to do something and he could have said, you know what? I got this letter. And do you think it was wrong? Do you think I did something wrong? And that person would have said no. Well, it would have caused strife and division then between this person and this person that could have been a catalyst between a bunch of more people. But wisdom looked at the end result. And Keith did just that. He prayed about it. He got quiet. He said, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord said, um, write him a letter and apologize. And he said, I didn't do anything wrong. I did what you told me to do. He said, do you not think you could have said it a different way? Or you could have done it a different way? Or it could have come across a different way? Is there nothing that you can't take responsibility for? Is there nothing that you can't? And uh, he said, uh, Keith just kind of says, he, he said, I thought about it some more. And the Lord said, would you do it for me? Well, of course, if the Lord asked you to do something, you'd do anything for him if you love him. And so he wrote the letter. Well, because of that letter, the whole situation totally and completely turned around. We had supernatural favor with them. God used their, some of their people to do some things for us. It was just a situation that the devil was trying his best to get in on. And I don't care who people are. They can yield to the flesh if they don't like something. But by diffusing that situation, we kept peace in the whole group, in the whole situation. Because we took responsibility for it. He took responsibility for it. It's not always the best. There's a lot of people that are not even talking to their family members right now. And that's not God. I don't care what your reason is. I don't care how much right you think you have. I don't care how much um, they did to you or what they did wrong to you. I mean, people can mess up, but that don't mean you don't er you cut them off from the rest of your life. You may be the only person that they are seeing your life can help change their life. And you apologizing to them could be the catalyst that turns them around to go in the right direction. It's quiet. No one, no thing is more important than a person. Put it on your forehead, put it on your Bible, put it on your refrigerator. Nothing, no money, no thing is more important than a person. God died for a person. He didn't die for a million dollars. So whatever the situation is, keep peace, as Solomon did. He was a wise man and he kept peace, right? All right. Um, this kind of, I got ahead of myself a little bit, but you'll understand it when we read this next part. First Kings 10. This is another good story. Anytime you think that you've caused any strife with anybody, I, it doesn't matter how wrong you think you are or not wrong you think you are. Take some responsibility. Apologize. Get it fixed. It's too precious. 1 Kings 10. And when the queen of Sheba, we all know about the queen of Sheba, right? It's odd to me that they don't even give her name. The queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his accent by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of the acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and I saw it with my own eyes. And behold, the half was not told to me of thy wisdom and thy prosperity that exceeds the fame which I heard. 
Happy are the men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be, O Lord, thy God, which delighted in thee, to set thee on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, therefore made he king to do thy judgments and justice. And she gave the king, listen to this. Now he's already got so much wealth, it amazed her. You just read about that. And she gave the king 20 talents of gold and spices of great store and precious stones. And there came no more such abundance of spices than these of which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Now, what won over the queen of Sheba? So what what would you consider wisdom could be? A catalyst to win the world. Your wisdom in a situation could... Somebody comes to you for an answer on something and you give them godly wisdom regarding that situation. What will it do if, it, if their situation works out? It is, it is a witness for God because wisdom comes from God. She was, she went, money did not impress her. She had money. Things did not impress her. She was a lady, the queen of Sheba, in some authority herself. And to see how he handled all these situations was the thing that won her over. The wisdom, the peace which he ruled, the wisdom which he ran his household with. And not only that, it went on to say... Um, this, this is wisdom personified to me. It, let's see where it was. Um, happy are the men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear your wisdom. Now you know a person is wise when all the people around them are happy. Because if a person is not wise, then... Everybody around them is in a turmoil. I mean, they can be blessed. There's so many kings that are blessed and rich and everything else, but all their people hated them, wanted to kill them half the time. So wisdom will win people on the outside when they see how your people are, when they see how blessed your people are, when they see how happy your people are. When the people around you, close to you, are blessed and happy, then you're walking in some wisdom, I can guarantee you. Now, ladies, you will be interested in this one. Wisdom does something else. Proverbs 14. Verse 1. I've stood on some of these verses for a long time. Proverbs 14.1. Every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish plucks it down with her own hands. The English version says, homes are made by wisdom of women, but are destroyed by foolishness. Proverbs 24, get this one, ladies, find you a highlighter or a pen. You're going to want it for sure. Lorna, where are you? Get your pen. Shara, y'all got your houses? Get your pen. Proverbs 24, verse 3. I got this so marked up in my Bible. 
Proverbs 24, 3. Through wisdom a house is builded, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Listen to the NIV, ladies. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Wisdom and understanding will fill your house with rare and beautiful treasures. The English version says, Homes are built on the foundation of wisdom and understanding. Where there is knowledge, the rooms are furnished with valuable, beautiful things. Are you claiming things for your new house? Everybody in here is getting a new house? Put Put these down. What this is saying is a wise woman doesn't... Talk goes on in all of Proverbs, you can see, doesn't tear it down a lot of times with her mouth. It's not the continual drip. If, if anybody in here, women, have ever read Proverbs, um, most of the time the woman got in trouble for her mouth. So um, most of the time. So a foolish woman, you know, will tear her house down by having to get her way in a situation or having to take the mic needs all the time, you know, or having to say she's right. Doesn't matter if it's with your spouse or your kids. There's always time to say you're not right. So uh, the foolish woman will stand and firm and balk and it's going to be her way or the highway. If mama's not happy, then nobody's happy. It's not a scripture. It's not a scripture. You hear it quoted a lot of times. I know there's this one church. Man, they almost quote it every time the pastor's wife walks in the door. And I think, that ain't a scripture. You know, because if mama ain't happy, she needs to get happy. Dave told me something the other day I'd never heard. I don't know what the situation was. But um, anyway, um, we were talking about somebody not being happy or maybe him not being. I don't remember what the situation was. But anyway, he, he said, uh, I can get glad in the same pants I got mad in. I thought, that's good. I never heard that before. I can get glad in the same pants I got mad in. And then you can. So, uh, ladies, um, you can be wise in the same pants you were foolish in. So, uh, make some adjustments. Make some changes. And have your house filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Okay, wisdom, uh, number six, to do your work. I'm, I've got these in, in, let's see, there's a couple more, and then we'll uh, be done. Um, wisdom, that was wisdom to build its house. Y'all want the first ones? Y'all want the number of them? No, y'all don't want them. Y'all can get them later. Um, we'll go on. Wisdom to do your work. Exodus 28, 2, verse 4. I mean, 28, 2 through 4. Wisdom to do any job that God has called you to do. Do you need wisdom on your job sometime? Everybody does. If you don't think you do, you're confused. Everybody needs. Every day I wake up, I mean Thursday, I'm telling you what, that phone, my phone and my fax did not quit going off. I got a stack of faxes, I kid you not, and every page had at least 10 questions on it. And then my phone just did not stop ringing. I mean, it rang and 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 rang. And by the end of the day, he says, turn it off. You know, so, uh, but I didn't. Um, no, he, he didn't tell me I had to. He said, you know, you probably need to get off that phone. So, um, but because I can't turn it off. If something happened to one of you guys, we'd have to know about it. So, uh, but I, I turn it off when I know it's one of these guys. I, I just hit end. Uh, <laughs> they love me. I'm so thankful for my staff. I have got the very best in the whole wide world. They put up with me now for years and years and years. Let me grow up on them. Um, hey, we're all growing. We all make mistakes. Um, Exodus 28, 2. 
And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they do what? Make garments. Do you have to have wisdom to make garments? Hey, if you're a sower, grab hold to it. To consecrate him that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these garments which he made, were um, they went on to describe the garments to a T. You'd have had to have wisdom to make these garments, I'm telling you. You talk about flashy. I don't have anything to compare with the garments that they wore when they went to church. So um, they, they was flash, flash. Then Exodus 31. Mark these Bible verses. You know, if you need wisdom at work, mark them. I mean, that's where wisdom comes from. And we'll get to that in just a second. So um, that's the next thing we're going to get to. Um, but mark them. Write them down so you'll have them. You need to stand on these things. If you need to know how to fix a transmission, if you need to know how to fix somebody's hair, if you've been having trouble with a client about something and don't know exactly how to sell it, here's your answers. Listen to this. Uh, Exodus 31, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by the name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of what? Workmanship. To devise cunning works, to work in gold and silver and brass, to cut stones, to set them, to carve timber, to work all manner of workmanship. And behold, I've given him a holy ab and a, a, a size of Mac and the tribe of Dan and all the hearts of all the wise hearted have I put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded to them. So if you work with your hands, mark this verse. Ask the Lord for it. Stand on it. Wisdom to do your job. My wisdom is mostly to deal with people. Or wisdom how to design the front of a church. You know? Wisdom how to do different situations. I need those things. I expect those things. I read wisdom scriptures all the time. I used to every day read Proverbs where wisdom is. Get wisdom. Lover. It's the principal thing. How do you get it? Um, stay in the wisdom scriptures. If you've got to make some decisions, if you've got business decisions to make, if you've got answers that you need, if you need money and you don't think that you're getting uh, ahead as quickly as some other people are, we're going to tell you how to do it in this next part. How to get wisdom. You want to know how to get it now? All right. Let's find out how to get it. I like to know practical things. I mean, it's good to know that you're supposed to have it and what to do with it, but how do you get it? All right. Psalms 111, verse 10. Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Now I'll read it to you from the Amplified. The reverent fear and worship of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And skill, the preceding and first essential, the prerequisite, and the alphabet. A good understanding of wisdom and the meaning have all those who do the will of the Lord. Their praise of Him endures forever. So in other words, starts out with fear in the Lord. Turn to James. 
We're going to tell you how to get wisdom. James 1. You start out by fearing the Lord. Verse 5. If I'm going too fast for you, I can slow down and we can be here till 1. I told Keith I was going to beat him, but I don't look like I'm going to. James 1. If any of you lack wisdom, anybody in here lack some wisdom? I can always use wisdom. Always. Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think how he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let me read that to you from um, the New Living. I think, I think we have New Living. Y'all can put it up there too. It's really good. If you need wisdom and you want to know what God wants you to do. You ever been there? I've been there lots of times. God, what do I do about this? How do I fix this? How do I straighten this without hurting their feelings? How do we, we solve this situation? Do we do this or do we do that? Do we buy this or do we buy that? Do we spend this money or do we save it and pay this? Everybody in here is like that, right? Okay. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him and he'll gladly tell you. That's simple enough, isn't it? Ask him and he'll gladly tell you. But he'll not resent your asking. But when you ask him, get this next sentence. It's very, very, very important. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to answer. For a doubtful mind is an unsettled, is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. People like that should not expect to receive anything of the Lord. They can't make up their minds. They waver back and forth in everything they do. Have you ever asked God for wisdom and then just went ahead before you got the wisdom? Did you ever mess up that way? Every one of us have. But if we ask God for wisdom, it says, ask him. And not only will he give it, but he will gladly tell you the answer. But you have got to expect that you're going to hear the answer. Now, the problem comes when he doesn't answer as quickly as you want it. That's where the problem comes. So what do you do from the time that you ask till the time that the situation is there? Nothing. And that's the problem. I've gone weeks with situations where in years past I would have jumped up, I'd have dealt with it, and I'd have caused a problem. But now, maturity is a funny thing. It settles you just a little bit. And it says, you know what, that situation will be there tomorrow. Let's hear from God about it. Let's just lay back and rest on it. When in the past, you know, I would have said, fix it now. I'd have called somebody, take care of this, do this, do this. Now, when situations arise, I, I don't always do that. Wisdom in a situation will get all the facts before it jumps. When a person comes to you and says, this happened, get all the facts. Don't just take one person's word for it. Get your facts straight. 
Then ask God for what to do in the situation. And he always has a better idea than you do. Just yesterday I was dealing with a situation. And uh, my natural flesh wanted to do one thing. But I settled down just long enough to hear from God. And he said, do another thing. How much trouble we'd save ourselves and our lives. How much... Have you ever messed up and had to apologize and go back and try to straighten out the mess that you caused? Oh, it's a headache. It's a headache. Have you ever moved too quickly on God because you didn't have His wisdom? It costs you. It costs you twice as much time. It's, it's more wearing on your mind. The hardest thing that we have to do as human beings is nothing. Nothing. Just sit down and wait till you hear from God on it. And until you do, you don't do anything. You find out exactly. Our staff can tell you. It gets, in the beginning, they didn't understand it as well, but they understand it perfectly now. Um, we, we would take the time to word something. We'd pray about it for days. And we'd take the time to word something just exactly the way we had it in our heart to word it. And we'd tell that person to do it that way. And they would feel the liberty to take it and adjust it and make it say it the way that they wanted to say it. Well, what they didn't understand is there was a whole lot more to the situation than what they knew. And we didn't get into the situation with them. We just said, say this. When they first started doing the letters for Keith, Keith, you know, everybody picks on his Mississippi slang when he, they get his letters in the mail because it is. That's the way it is. And, and uh, in doing books or something, we've had a, a real task. People have wanted to do a lot of books, but they change everything he says. And it makes it say something totally different. It puts the emphasis where he didn't put the emphasis. And it's real important that you hear from God and you do it exactly the way that the person told you to do it because you don't know how much time they spent praying about that. Or what they did. Have you ever gotten frustrated that you told somebody to do something and they did it the way they wanted to do it and changed the whole meaning behind the whole situation? It's frustrating. But wisdom will take the time to seek God and see what He wants you to do in those situations. Wisdom will just do like an old mule and sit down in the middle of the road and just wait. That was one of the most honorable things I think about Brother Hagin. I think if there was one thing that set him apart from every human that I've ever known is... I mean, it didn't care if the sky was going to fall in tomorrow. He's going to wait till he heard from God. He's not going to tell you to move. He's not going to tell you to do anything. He's not going to tell you what to do. Okay, the deadline's for this. We've got to have this out by this day. Nothing. Deadline passes. Nothing. He's told, he told Keith when he first started healing school, he said, we're going to do this in healing school. Fifteen years later, they did it. <laughs> Keith had done forgot about it. That's what people don't understand all the time. Just because you know that you'll probably do something doesn't mean you do it today. Wisdom is not only that you do it, it's when you do it and how you do it, where you do it, how much you do it. People don't understand. They get real confused about just, just the other day. And it was a, such a good question. I was so honored by the fact that the, this person asked me this. We were signing a contract with somebody for some business stuff here at the church. And uh, this person said... Now, I'm a little confused about this. said, I feel peace in my heart about this part about it. So why are we doing this? You know, no, I feel peace about this. Why are we doing this? And I said, okay, this is what's happening here. And this is where people miss it all the time, all the time. It is right for us to do this with these people for this amount of time. 
It's right. We both have peace about it. We know it's right. We've prayed about it. We've heard from God about it. They did exactly what we wanted them to do and far beyond what we wanted them to do. Just supernatural. I can tell you the testimony maybe sometime. But um, he said, so why are we doing this? I said, because we have peace about this doesn't mean we have peace about this. Just because you have peace about buying a house and the house is right doesn't mean you have peace about going to that bank. Just because you have peace about going to the doctor doesn't mean you have peace about doing everything that doctor says. Just because you have peace about giving this money this time doesn't mean you're supposed to do it every month. The, the leadings of the Lord and the more you mature, the more God will expect of you in those situations. He will put you right smack dab in the middle of a huge situation and he'll say, this is good. Then you get in the situation and you start looking at it. Well, this part isn't good. I thought you said it was good. But it takes your wisdom and your discernment then to separate what's totally God and what's totally peace and follow and after wisdom. And the only way that you can do that is by doing what? Asking Him. That's the first prerequisite. Don't get up in the morning without asking God for wisdom today. Because you'll have to make decisions today. How many of you go through a whole day and don't have to make a decision about anything? Trade places with me. I'm serious. You know, every person in here has to make a decision about, you know, say you're like we were when we first got started. You got bills to pay and somebody gives you a chunk. Okay? Well, you know you're supposed to pay the bills. Wisdom. You have peace about it. You have joy about it. But which bills do you pay what amount on? Wisdom. Don't just jump in and say, because I got this money, I'm going to pay all this stuff off. Wisdom will look and say, okay, I can pay this one five. Instead of just taking one and doing this, I can pay this one five, and I can pay this one 25, and I can pay this one 15, and then everybody will be happy, and we'll have another month to go with this. Wisdom. So this morning, we're going to ask God for wisdom for our lives. We're going to ask him for it. Um, Let me read you these couple of other things. Proverbs 2. They can put it up there. You don't have to turn to it. The Lord gives wisdom. Now, where does wisdom come from? The Lord. Lord. Not from your husband, not from your wife, not from uh, 12 people that you go counsel with. Yeah, buy that. Invest this. Yeah, do that. Yeah, do that. No, wisdom comes from one place, from the Lord. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for who? The righteous. He's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. The NIV says the Lord gives wisdom. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blameless. For he guards their course. He guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Now wait just a minute. How does he protect your way? He protects your way by, you're ready to go and do this on this trip. And wisdom says, don't go right now. But you go ahead and go. Are you protected? No. He protects you by wisdom. It's okay to go on the trip, but maybe not just right now. He protects you by wisdom, by the check in your spirit. By the wisdom that he gives you. Then this last one. And then we're going to stand up and pray. Parents, 
I know you love me. Um, Proverbs 29, 15. Circle it and put a star around it. Where does wisdom come from? Comes from someplace else too, according to this. Proverbs 29, 15. The rod... And reproof, do what? So if you think you're doing, you know, somebody a favor by not reproving them, you're not. It gives them wisdom for a future situation. But a child left to himself bring, uh, left to himself brings his mother shame. So wisdom not only comes from the God, it comes from what else? For kids, it comes from the rod. So let's stand up. And let's talk to God about this wisdom. Y'all want to? I love wisdom. I seek wisdom. I seek answers. I love to know how to deal with situations. I love to not miss it every time I make a turn. You know, we had Tamara and Bran in just recently for our week of increase. And Tamara came to me, and she may be watching, and said... Um, you know, the thing that, that, that we sit back now and look at is we look and we see you made this many decisions in this amount of time. How did you do it? They're pastoring now. How did you do it? Wisdom. Wisdom. My staff knows. They don't call us before a certain time. We're going to spend that time with the Lord. You need to spend that time with the Lord. It don't just come by falling on the top of your head. It comes from the Lord. And you get it through spending time with Him. So uh, we're going to ask Him for it this morning. He said He'd give it to us. Are y'all believing for it? Because He said if you're not going to believe for it when you ask and you're not going to expect, what's the use in asking? You're not going to get it. So let's close our eyes and let's get sincere with the Lord. Think about a situation in your life right now, here, today, that you could use some real wisdom on. You've been struggling with it for a long time or you haven't been. You just would like some wisdom in that situation. Get it in your heart. Everybody got it? Still thinking? Get it in your heart. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a business deal. Maybe it's a sickness. Get it in your heart. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a divorce. Get it in your heart. All right? We're together going to ask the Lord. Ready? Okay. Lord, we here today ask you for wisdom. I personally ask you for wisdom in this situation. You know the situation. I ask you for wisdom in it. How to deal with it. How to fix it. How to make it better. How to have a victorious outcome. And you said, and we know you don't lie. You said, if any lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And he gives it to him. Not grudgingly. So we ask you. And we expect expect 
to receive the answer will not be moved. We expect to hear from you. We'll set like a mule in the road till we hear from you. But then when we hear from you, we'll do exactly what you said do. We'll not add to it and we'll not take from it. Now take the opportunity now and thank him that he's heard you for this wisdom that you're asking him for. Lord, I thank you for the wisdom in these situations that I've asked you about this morning. I thank you that you've heard our prayers this morning, Father. And I thank you that you're giving me wisdom to deal with all the situations and the answers to questions and solutions to problems. You're giving me the wisdom to cause things to turn out the way you would have them to turn out. You're giving me the wisdom to deal with all of the situations that we have ahead of us. Situations that we're not even aware of. You've planned a good path for me and you've given me wisdom to deal with those things. And I thank you for doing that for me here today. Now, Friday night, I told Keith, and it applies here today is why I'm telling you this. Friday night, Keith said, laugh. You remember that? Those of you who are here Friday night, he said, laugh. Now, a few people went, ha, ha, ha. And I remembered the story in the Old Testament. I don't remember all of it and who it was exactly. But anyway, the prophet came to one of the guys and he says, get your bow and get your arrows and shoot. Y'all remember that? Anybody remember that? Get your bow, get your arrows and shoot. Well, the guy grabbed his bow, he grabbed his arrows and he shot three times. He said, I would, God, that you would have taken me seriously about this and you would have taken every arrow that you had and shot it. Because since you only shot three times, you've only defeated three enemies. Had you have shot in all your arrows, you would have defeated all your enemies. Now, I tell you that because in the situations in your lives, when God tells you to do something, do it with every bit of fervor that you have. Don't play games with it. Like just now, it came up real strong in my heart. They didn't thank me for that. I said, thank God for your answer. Now you thank him like you've got an answer here in your heart, your mind, here, today, now that you have the answer for it. You thank him that way. Like you shoot all the arrows that you have to get rid of all your enemies. Thank him now for the answer. Thank you, Lord. I do thank you for that answer. I thank you that you have provided the answer for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your wisdom in these situations, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't count it a small thing. We count it a privilege to receive wisdom from you, Lord. We count it an honor that you would give us your wisdom, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. You're so good to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. 